I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Vish Gadgil, Director of Information Risk Management, Compliance and Security at Merck, and Ed Gaudet, CEO and founder of security consultancy Sensinet. Vish and Ed will be speaking to me about cybersecurity threats facing the healthcare sector and its supply chain, as well as new guidance recently issued by the Healthcare and Public Health Sector Coordinating Council and its supply chain security task group, which they co-chair. Vish and Ed, as we know, we've been seeing a, a surge in ransomware attacks on the healthcare sector overall. In fact, DHS CISA and the FBI issued a recent warning for the healthcare sector about a rise in Ryuk attacks. We've seen attacks on hospitals, as well as on vendors that provide software and other related critical services and products to the sector. Any key security lessons that you see emerging from these incidents that are important for the healthcare sector entities to consider? Fish, do you want to go first? So I see three interrelated trends right now. So one is the threat actors are laser focused uh, currently on stealing the intellectual property related to COVID-19 research. The second uh, trend is as part of that campaign, maybe they're also targeting the suppliers of the, uh, the big companies that are into this uh, COVID-19 research. And, they're not, and, and these suppliers are not always capable of handling cyber threat the way the large organizations can. And the third trend is they're also focused, as you just mentioned, the, the DHS warning uh, that came out. Uh, the threat actors are also focused on disrupting the point of care facilities. So and these facilities are also not well equipped typically to handle these targeted attacks. So the combination of these three trends is very concerning because it has a direct public health impact, right? The government in the United States uh, is concerned and they, and Brian Krebs, as he's reporting now, there is a warning that came out. They have some additional guidance coming out. But the fact that these three trends are kind of converging has a direct public health impact is, is the most concerning point for me. And then the TTPs used for these attacks are actually not very different, right? They're, they're not really brand new. These are typical phishing attacks, uh, common ransomware like uh, Ruik. Uh, I can never pronounce that name correctly, but Ruik, R-Y-U-K. But the targets that they are going after is what makes the difference in this day and age. So the fear is that mass scale and successful attack on this drug supply chain can actually impact and delay the pandemic's effects far beyond just the health, including the economic impact. That's right. I would, I would agree with Vish. And I would add, um, you know, if you think about contextually 10 years ago, healthcare was pretty much all on paper. With the High Tech Act and the R Act by um, by the Obama administration in 2009, it really started to modernize the infrastructure of of healthcare and providers. And so, the old assumptions about how we protect our environment again, when 10 years ago everything was sort of constrained within the four walls of the of the facility, and today there's more reliance on third parties to run the business of care, there's more reliance on cloud applications, and there's more reliance reliance on connected devices. And so the bar is raised for these providers and their supply chain of third-party vendors. You know, it was one thing five years ago, if you had a data breach, obviously you, you lose data, patient data, it's costly, uh, it's a problem for the patient, but no one really died, right? And now you look at the, the landscape with everything in the cloud and everything connected. And the challenge we have is if an attacker gets in, 
they're not just taking data, they're disrupting care delivery. They're shutting down systems. And to make matters worse, they're actually, you know, now what we're seeing is there's an impact on patient safety. And that's when it really gets scary. It's one thing to lose your data, but if your your brother or sister or mother or father are hooked up one of the one of those devices and it gets attacked, that now is a patient safety issue and, and, and people's lives are at stake. So it's really changed dramatically over the last five years from a, from a technology and a provider's adoption perspective. One more effect uh, kind of trend I'm seeing, although it's not directly related to the supply chain, it's, it is important for public health, especially for health sector overall, is the attack on misinformation or attack using misinformation about the real science. Right. That is another concerning uh, trend that we are seeing uh, in, in the health sector. And when it comes to misinformation, what sort of misinformation? So essentially creating, uh, casting doubts about the efficacy of the, of the medicines that the industry is working on to combat the pandemic. Right? Will these medicines actually cure? Is this a right type of medicine? Is it going to have any additional uh, side effects? And all of those topics are typically covered as part of the actual research anyway. But the misinformation and the exaggeration of kind of imagined trait about these is a concerning topic. And so now, as you mentioned, Vish, there have been warnings and there's worries about hackers and nation states and you know other cyber criminals targeting the intellectual property related to COVID-19 vaccines and treatments and you know related IP that's you know under works right now in the US and elsewhere. What's your assessment of the threats that are facing the IP of the COVID-19 supply chain? Are the threats more directed right now, do you think, at you know kind of stealing intellectual property in terms of the development of these vaccines? Have things moved further ahead where attackers are looking at disrupting the supply chain once these vaccines are ready to go out to the masses? All of the above, right? As, as Ed just mentioned, the attackers have kind of evolved in their techniques, right? Previously, a couple of years back, they would be more targeted around data, kind of corrupting the data or locking the data, then exfiltrating the data. Now they're more focused on disrupting the overall overall supply chain and kind of impacting the, the overall sector. And the motivations behind that are kind of, in, in our opinion, at least in my opinion, are twofold. One is obviously the commercial side of it. They make money using uh, these attacks. But there is also the nation state actors that are working on it as well, right? So those two different types of motivations definitely impacting the overall health sector in general supply chain being one of the key factor within that supply within the health sector they are definitely targeting supply chain and ed when you work with healthcare sector organizations and you start digging into some of the issues that bring problems to them make them vulnerable to some of these attacks what are some of the security weaknesses that the healthcare sector really needs to be paying more attention to so earlier, you know, I mentioned the things that moved to the cloud. There's more reliance on third-party vendors. And this is fairly recent for the healthcare sector. And one of the deficiencies that, that we help uh, providers with is really getting a handle on how they manage their third-party risk. And we do that through automation. So we, we actually built a platform for automation, which connects the providers like Intermountain and, and Partners Healthcare with their supply chain of third-party vendors. 
And this enables them in real time to really understand the risk across their suppliers. And what's really needed across the industry is, is a new, you know, new way of thinking, a new duty of care as it relates to risk, because you can't protect what you don't know or don't understand. And so it's really hard to go ahead and start investing in security products, technologies, and processes if you don't really understand and have prioritized those assets and those relationships that are critical to your overall ability to deliver care. And so what we do is really help providers get a handle on that, as does this document that you know, we spent the last couple of years developing. It's, a, you know, it's really designed for those small to medium-sized health systems and their suppliers as well to understand really how to improve their overall risk and security posture. And we believe that through this vehicle, this education vehicle, which really is a field deployable toolkit, a small to medium-sized provider can take this, what we call the Hickscrim, and they can apply it to delivering, creating and delivering a risk assessment process, which includes people, obviously, technologies, tooling, and the overall steps that they should be managing towards to really get a handle of their supply chain. And so, you know, we think it's, it's kind of, uh, it's fortuitous that a couple of years ago, we started this process. And one of the biggest challenges um, that everybody had during COVID was people were sort of flat-footed with PPE. They didn't have a handle on their equipment. They didn't have a handle on their suppliers. We were not prepared. And that led to things like fraud. That led to things like uh, attacks. It led to questions of efficacy of the of the equipment itself. So, I think you know that was a wake up call for certainly for the healthcare industry, and and if you look at the focus now that these providers are having on on risk management and and specifically supply chain risk management, you're going to see much more focus moving forward, especially based on the lessons we we take away from, from COVID. And Vish, your company plays a big role in the supply chain, you, and you probably have for many, many supply chain partners that assist you in the development of your products, and then you deal with your customers, you, so you're part of their supply chain. When it comes to the issues right now facing the supply chain in healthcare, are there particular security issues if you start drilling down, you know, areas of weakness that are most disturbing to you that you think there needs to be more attention to across the healthcare sector, regardless of how mature a company may be right now that, you know, is creating some of these issues that we're seeing? Yes and no. And I'm saying it in a, in a way because there are always these um, basic security hygiene, as I would call, that we would look for, right? Is your foundation strong enough? Are you resilient enough in terms of your cybersecurity posture? That's the foundation, right? That's the key for any company. And that's what we look for when we we have uh, our discussions with our, our suppliers. And then beyond that, we also look for a couple of key areas. For example, how well they are uh, equipped to handle something like lateral movement, as we call in cybersecurity, right? If one machine on their network gets impacted, do they have enough capabilities to prevent lateral movement from that one machine to other machines? We look at other topics such as, are they actually having good business continuity and disaster recovery for their critical systems, right? It's not always good to know that, hey, we have a business continuity plan and it looks fantastic on our paper. 
but have you actually done a BCP tabletop exercise with your business users? Do the business users know how to deal with it if a system goes down, right? It's not only about IT, it's about business as well. So there are a couple focus areas we definitely look for, but the, the key point that we, we try to do is we take a collaborative approach. So we don't necessarily go to our suppliers and say, hey, we are, you know, we are the buyers, you are the supplier, and we are going to come in and hold you to the contract. I mean, that, that's kind of an underlying aspect, but we take a very collaborative approach. We are kind of partners here, right? We are equally responsible for the whole ecosystem. And that one VK sling can bring down the whole, what we call as value chain. And by being that collaborative with these partners, making sure that they're actually cyber resilient, providing them some advice in many cases that, hey, you should really look for this. Instead of calling it as an audit observation, make it a recommendation. And that, that creates a lot of transparency, a lot of nice dialogue with these suppliers. And that transparency actually helps in terms of understanding that overall risk portion. So we, we take a little bit different approach, but that has been yielding an excellent uh, result. I'd like to add to that. That's a great point. I think the, the collaboration that we have across the task groups, and I'm actually, I participate in a couple other task groups as well, but even on just this one, we had folks from Anthem and Deloitte and Merck, obviously, and Trinity Health and Geisinger and University of Chicago. And, and so this public and private partnership between providers, between pharmaceutical payers, uh, solution product providers like Sensinet, it really lends itself to a much better product in the end that can that can help the industry. And I wanted to point out that what Vish was just talking about is that, you know, if you look at some of the other security aspects of risk as it relates to supply chain, that value chain, I mean, you have everything from R&D to sourcing and manufacturing to distribution and commercialization to ultimately patient care. And along the way, there are these critical points of failure within the value chain that obviously have to be identified and managed in the event that you do have an issue. Specifically, some issues, if you look at devices, for example, you could have outdated operating systems in a medical device that need to be patched. You could have vulnerable software libraries in a medical device that need to be patched. You, you also have this, like, like Vish said, this lateral movement which could be caused because you haven't managed escalation of privilege in your system. Or you could have human error where you haven't trained the employee population to understand what a phishing attack is and how to mitigate or remediate against those uh, attacks. So, so it's a very complicated and complex problem. That partnership is really helping, obviously, um, advance the state of, of, of not just thinking, but also application of best practices, such as the, the supply chain risk management toolkit that we're talking about today. And I just want to add a quick shout out to our other co-chair, Chris Van Stendel from JNJ. He has been a uh, he's been a driving force behind this publication as well. Thanks to him as well for his leadership. And when it comes to the updated guidance, is there one or two key things that are new in this guidance that is particularly helpful right now for healthcare CISOs as they're dealing with COVID, something that's new or changed since the last yeah. iteration? You know, first and foremost, it's based on the NIST CSF, the, the Cybersecurity Framework 1.1. In that update, they added supply chain, five areas of supply chain that the providers and obviously pharmaceutical companies and others should consider. 
The first three areas were completed in the first version, the first release of the, of the document. And that had to deal with really the understanding and, and defining processes, the risk areas, the roles and responsibilities, the scope overall of the life cycle approach versus taking a point in time approach. So it was really setting the stage for implementing the right set of policies, procedures, and personnel in the overall process. The second part of it, we'll call SC2, was really about defining and creating policies, uh, understanding how to take an inventory of suppliers and prioritize that inventory, and also maybe tier it across a, you know, a set of risk tiers. SC3, which is also included in V1, really took a much more of a contractual view of managing risk. So there it was all about helping create policy templates and using contractual language to, to, to manage and, and remediate and mitigate risk. The new addition to version two is in SC4 and SC5. SC4 was about really validating, once you have a program in place, how do you val validate and verify efficacy and test for the, the fact that your suppliers are actually implementing those controls that you'd like them to put in? What's the frequency of those tests? How do you identify and close gaps? Who's doing the auditing process? And, and SE5 was all about, okay, once you've got all that in place, you want to run through scenario plans. You want to actually test how resilient your organization now is as a supplier or as a provider. So it was covering things like the planning of an incident response and recovery mechanism or process, the teams involved. Do we set up tabletop scenarios and do we run exercises with our supply chain, our critical vendors in that supply chain? How frequently do we do that? And then there's a bunch of other templates that we added uh, at the back in an appendix, really excellent Excel and Word templates for suppliers and providers to get started. Everything from policy templates to contractual language to process flow diagrams, supplier KPIs, et cetera. So it's a, it's a really great document, again, holistically for a small to medium-sized provider or supplier to start the process of managing their risk across that supply chain. Vish, finally, looking ahead to 2021, what do you think will be the top emerging supply chain security issue that the healthcare sector industry needs to get ready now to deal with? So, and I'm going to kind of answer that in the context of this subgroup's work as well, because that's what we are looking at, right? So the key topic that we are looking at is how do we have the visibility, uh, the risk visibility into the overall supply chain, the nth tier supply chain, as we call it, right? The current focus for all the companies, for the most of the companies, is about your direct suppliers that you have contracts with. But what about the suppliers of suppliers? We don't necessarily go that far down, but they could form a critical point of failure, as Ed was calling out before. Take an example of these logistics providers, right? Uh, think about someone like UPS or FedEx. If they are impacted significantly, that can disrupt the entire value chain, not just for healthcare, for, but many other industries. So how do we get visibility into that nth tier supply chain? That's one area that we as a task group we are looking at, and in general, health sector is looking at as well. What are those critical points of failure across the sector? That's the second topic we are looking at. And then the third one that we are looking at is how can we reduce the burden of uh, doing these risk assessments and risk treatments on the buyer side 
And then on the supplier side, uh, responding to all these, you know, myriads of audits and assessments on probably daily basis. And can, can we come up with a industry specific supplier certification, something similar to PCI or in auto industry, they have something called TI SACS. So those are three kind of key areas we are looking at from the task group perspective. Yeah, no, I would just echo that. Again, in security, you're as secure as your weakest link. And I think um, to Vicious Point, we're just really starting this journey as an industry to not only build those foundational processes and provide the, the tool set and the automation that really enables us to keep everything visible and secure and reportable. And up until, I mean, the last, like I said, the last five years, it has been a real challenge, I think, for providers to get a handle on even things like which critical vendors that require BAAs that are managing PHI actually have signed BAAs. And you'd be surprised at the gap at many, many large and small providers where they can't push a button and really get visibility into who has signed BAAs and who is managing PHI. And it's a real issue. And I think the good news is I think the industry is coming together on many different levels, obviously on the supply chain level, but on the medical device level to really understand how we can uh, write better contracting language that enables a much more of a frictionless process as it relates to contracting and keeps everyone sort of using the same terminology and the same types of language and making sure that the right controls are in place, like I said earlier, to protect against outdated versions of OSs or vulnerable software libraries. So there's a lot more work that has to, to get done to ensure we've covered the foundation. But Again, as, as Vish said, it's a very complicated, very complex problem when you start thinking about end-tier suppliers, your suppliers of suppliers. And that's, you know, again, where you see a lot of issues within the critical path of a supply chain. Thanks, Vish and Ed. I've been speaking to Vish Gadgil and Ed Godet. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.